0: and hello welcome to narrative live on a tuesday it's the countdown show with noel kassler how are you doing tonight noel nice to see you i'm excellent zev thanks for having me fun to be here it is a fun night what a big uh, day it felt like it's a really momentous day. i called it a moment of truth this morning when i woke up because there's such a a feeling in the air that we're all reckoning with the reality of the situation we're in whether it's the Craziness of the fact that we have this non democratic party uh, sitting in the house and, and various legislatures around the, the country, some of them legislating against people's rights to vote. And then this other, you know, just every minute we seem to be discovering uh, a really difficult thing about our current situation, whether it's the oath keepers or even what's even the m- memorial that happened in Tulsa today, which Biden did such a phenomenal job in. You know, it's it does feel like a pretty difficult time. So hoping tonight we can get some of that some of that processed with our audience tonight
1: that's a good summation of the moment that we're in it's definitely heavy Mm. this memorial day weekend was thick with with what we fight wars for Mm. with the reality of this republic that has been defended for generations and and we're at a point where a lot of those people both of my grandfathers fought in world war ii they were both in naval intelligence my great uncle stormed the beach omaha beach they would none of them are with us now they would be aghast at what happened with the GOP not investigating January 6th insurrection with General Flynn a retired general basically calling for a military coup on Memorial Day at a QAnon convention at a a fascist cult kind of crazy thing so there's a lot of reckoning and I think you said it, it was miraculous in many ways that the Tulsa massacre has entered the mainstream as it has. I've followed that story my whole life. I'm really interested in
0: that because I know a lot of people, especially on TV today, were saying, I had never heard of that before. I'd never heard of it before. And it's, I guess it's something to be ashamed of, but it's also, how would you have known if no one was talking about it for so long? And it does feel to me only in the mid 2000s that people started even teaching it at schools.
1: Absolutely. And they barely are teaching it at school. So it's nobody's, it's no shame. You know, that If you hadn't heard of it, I came from a lefty family. Mm-hmm. My, my grandparents hung out with Pete Seeger. You know, and I used to work <laughs> the Woody Guthrie Festival in Oklahoma. And I went to Tulsa. I paid my respects where that happened. And you know, I read Howard Zinn, People's History of the United States, which tells the actual history of what happened in this country. And that's something that nobody has had an interest in telling. It's, it's not just conservative school districts. You know, it's everybody. Matt Damon right. was trying to make a, a, a mini series, basically, of a people's history of the United States. And he told me 20 years ago he got turned down by everyone History Channel, even PBS. So, The public didn't have an appetite, but the story was there. The New York Times reported on it 20 years ago. Tulsa had their own commission and decided they should pay reparations, and then it just disappeared.
0: That seems to be the big underlying theme around this whole story: is reparations, where the people are actually going to get checks. People are saying, "Oh, and good that you're now remembering this horrific moment in history, but where is the money?" Um, And reparations does seem to be a big theme underpinning a lot of our current state. Do Do you think that that's the issue? Do you think that's? I mean, it has to be the issue for some people if that's what they're feeling. But you know, is it enough just to be remembering it and, and recalling it, or do we need to be telling them more about how we're going to do better for them and, and repay them for the hurt they've had?
1: We absolutely have to pay them. We absolutely, because people profited in their place. Now, and you also robbed black excellence from mm. this country. That would have been generational wealth. That was 100 years ago. You now, those people that own those banks and those businesses and those clothing stores and those theaters would have gone on to prosper. And they would have handed it on, on to their children and their children's children. And you would have had institutional wealth and you would have had... Amazing thing. So, we all got cheated by that racist massacre. Now, and it is time to pay up because people profited in their place. By holding those African Americans down, other people were able to make money and they weren't. Let's all shut up, but let's make the point. Those guys couldn't even collect insurance policies on their mm. buildings and stuff. Mm. They got screwed after it as well. So absolutely pay
0: reparations. An unbelievable amount of wealth that was that was stolen from them. And also just hearing about bombs from private planes, it's something, it sounds like out of, a, out of a movie. It doesn't sound like anything you'd expect out of America. You know, people often say that history is written by the uh, by the winner in a story, and maybe that's uh, that's what we're landed up with, is a, a whitewashed history of America, and we need to go back and rediscover those moments and be honest about them and truthful about them. There's no running away from them. They're here. Uh, and it's certainly by not facing them, we land up with a kind of... Racial divide we're seeing now in America, which is so heartbreaking, you know speaking of racial divide and why we're still seeing this continuation of the uh suppression of, of black people in general, you've gone from a you know a point where you're massacring people for just being successful to now this incredibly racist bill that Texas is trying to pass, where they are you know going to try and stop people from voting in various ways and some of the way they're doing it like. People can figure out if you're not going to let them vote on Sunday mornings, they'll do it on a Saturday morning. Well, they'll find time. But it's just offensive. The whole thing about it is so offensive because there is no predicate for it. There's no reason at all for this law to be even be in, in, instituted at all. There's no fraud. There's nothing that's happened that would suggest that there should be any any changes in the regulations around voting. And here we are. They are going ahead and, and trying to make these changes that are really going to rob Black people of their opportunity to vote.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and and that's well said, Zev. And the scariest part of that, it's not just the voter suppression in terms of access to, to voting and polling stations. In that provision, they had the rule that a judge could throw out an election if somebody brought a case before him without evidence, the judge could decide, okay, yeah, I agree with you. It was a, a crazy election. And Louis Gomert was a judge in Texas. The same guy who spoke at the QAnon convention in Dallas this weekend was a judge. You don't think that guy would have thrown out the last election in Trump's favor if he had been oh, in a position course, to do? Of course. Exactly. They're exactly. also taking
0: away the, uh, the people who are running these elections. In most states, it's run by the Secretary of State. They are either changing the morality to different more partisan people normally they're non-partisan people or they're just taking away the authority from them so you're going to have elections now run by partisan people in 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 you know particularly in red states the results are going to be obviously more red victories and it's it's easy to a system i guess it's a lot easier to rig a system even though they say there's very little opportunity to do that once you're in it and and they seem to be staffing and rigging the, the decks really so they've got their people in the secretary of state positions, they got their judges who can then adjudicate any complaint. It's hard to see how there's any way around that. It's hard to see how we'll ever get to see a a blue Texas.
1: Absolutely. And if that stuff takes a toehold, and it's already getting a toehold, but if it spreads throughout this country, it's beyond dangerous. It's what I was saying in my earlier point about my grandfathers. That's not what they fought to defend. That's not what Memorial Day is about. And they're making sure like a Ben Raffensburger doesn't happen again. The guy in Georgia who was a Republican, but ended up doing the right thing because he hewed to the moral fabric that we've always stood for, that we do have free and fair elections. That's what Trump wanted to change. You know, that's why he loyalty tests for all of his people now, even if they weren't if they were Republican he would they he didn't just need Republicans he needs people willing to usurp the law and unfortunately he's finding a lot of advocates for that philosophy in places like Texas and Arizona and it's beyond threatening to our nation and you'll never get Texas back blue if it
0: happens no I mean what we really are saying is that everyone's talking about democracies at it's a uh, perilous point it's almost at at the end if these things go through and we don't get the voters rights bill in in july as we all hope we will we could end up in a situation where you, know, you can't count on those states to have free and fair elections you know the path to victory for democrats has become it's very limited uh, and the yeah. uh, the just the amount of turnout you need in various states is going to become impossible to, to really overcome some of these republican party operations in these red states it's just going to be impossible Correct. So they don't have democracy. You don't have a democracy anymore, really.
1: And even if you have the turnout, a judge can later say, hey, that wasn't a fair election. Somebody can bring a case on behalf of the loser saying, hey, I think this was how they were cheating. And the judge can say, "Okay, they were cheating. And let's not forget, the Texas GOP did this on a holiday weekend. They Mm -hmm. tried to sneak this thing through. We could have woken up this morning to a lot you know, more perilous headlines, had the Democrats not been heroes, got back to the state house, nice. stayed up late and walked out in mosque to prevent a quorum, it would have been a done deal.
0: And, and that really is, is the best thing that, that happened in the last 48 hours. The fact that someone in the Democrat, Democratic Party didn't just follow the rules, didn't just succumb to whatever was going on for bringing in due process. They actually, they followed the rules, but they broke that. They still, they, they marched out of that, of that hole of the legislature. And that is something I think Democrats are dying to see. They're dying to see Democrats scoring goals in the way the Republicans score goals when they're in in these positions. We sat through four years of Mitch McConnell being you know obnoxious in the Senate and, and pushing through Supreme Court justices on, on technicalities. And most of the time Democrats are amenable to whatever it is as long as it's following the rules. I thought there was something so in you know exciting really in in seeing the democrats actually doing something that was they, they kicked some ass they, they did something that was a bit ballsy and it was it worked so well and called republicans by surprise that is something we should be looking at doing at every situation going forward that at any point where we can if we can score a goal we should score the goal well said we absolutely should and that's how wars are won wa- yeah. at the local
1: level with troops with ground troops you know, it was anonymous guys that stormed the beach in norman oh to bring it back that's who we were honoring yesterday we were honoring everyday average people that saved democracy in the world it's the same thing in texas this was these were average legislators who skipped their family barbecues and all the things they might have other done you know done otherwise on a weekend and made sure they were there to save democracy and you said it best like that can't be overstated enough and if the heroes aren't there tomorrow they get away with this stuff. And one more thing, back to Georgia, Georgia was saved in the same kind of thing. It was boots on the ground. It was getting out the vote at a local level and people willing to stand in line for seven or eight hours to cast their vote. That's how we prevented disaster in January.
0: Yeah, well said. And and gain two Senate seats I mean, at the end of the day, that two, those two Senate seats are really important to us. I always wonder like, what, what are we, do, do Republicans really think this through? Do they think what it's like to live in a, in a sort of a fascist, near feudal state? I mean, do they have any sense of what it's going to be like when the only, you know, only way to really make a great living is to go and kiss the ring of your leader, and hopefully that they you know, shine some love done down on you and and provide you a decent job that you'll maybe have for the whole your whole life but dare you say anything wrong against your dear leader you might get thrown in jail you might get you know persecuted you might never have a job again in your life do they realize what it's like to live in a society where your your entire existence is beholden to this one godly human being who can't be God because they aren't God and yet you're treating them like God and that's where all wealth and and happiness and health comes from this one human being it's just that's what it's like in these countries i know and that's what they're going for here and apparently not why (laughs) it makes no sense i know you're not gonna be able to answer for them but Uh why go for a feudal system where why do you need a king why do you need a king because they're
1: promised that they're going to share in the power and they know that they're not going to win on their own merits now the guys that are most supportive of trump are guys that know they wouldn't measure up if it was a fair playing field they get to go to harvard because their daddy went to harvard and then they get to go to law school and then they get a job at a white shoe law firm because it's generational it's like the same thing we talked about that got wiped out in tulsa they were wiping out generational wealth because they were making gains economically. And that threatened the, the status quo of white America. And the same thing pervades the South now. I think of Tom Cotton, you think of these, you know, all these guys that are subservient to Trump, they're doing it because they're promised a way to hold on to power and a better life. And they know left out on their own, they're going to get left aside oh, they're not going to measure a up. Good
0: point. It's such a good point. You know, there's so much resentment in the GOP about this sort of elitism, the sort of, you know, those liberal elites that sort of are running the world that they don't get access to. So they feel like if we install our King, maybe we'll be anointed into these positions and we'll get to run, and we'll be able to be as powerful as these elites. But truthfully, they're not going to be able to run the country as well as the elites do. That's why those elites are there in the first place. They're very good at what they're doing. So it's, I'm not saying that they don't have the capability. They do. But the reality of it is people at the very top of whatever corporation or, or, or government entity tend to be people who are quite good at those jobs because that's how they rose there. Because we have a merit-based society, tends to be. Now they want to change all that and become like a, a feudal thing. You get to pick your son or your neighbor or whomever as, the, as your deputy, and then they get to pick their son and neighbor as a deputy. And so you land up with a lot of people that are not really qualified. They're just loyal, maybe. Absolutely.
1: And that's very appealing. And we've already moved towards that. That's basically how the GOP functions to this day. The congressmen and the senators, and the other cynical thing in this is that a lot of these guys are elite, and they play at being dumb. Josh Hawley went to Yale, I believe, at Stanford. He taught at St. Paul's in London. Ted Cruz went to Harvard Law School. Like these guys aren't the local yokels that they pretend to be. Even the John Kennedy in Louisiana went to Oxford or something. No, he he pretends like he's Barney Fife cleaning his gun. (laughs) You know, because the other here's the other thing is they want to manipulate their support who are the have-nots, you know, who are people that have been stuck in generational poverty. Mitch McConnell's the 10th wealthiest senator from one of the four poorest-
0: million million? He's worth? Right. 30, he, right. he, he got there penniless, apparently. And now, 36 right. years later, he's worth $34 million. It doesn't exactly. make sense. You're earning like $140,000 a year, I think. I don't, I don't know what the salary is, but it's somewhere it's it does not make you a multi-millionaire in 36 years, even if you've had really good luck in all your investments and everything else. It Maybe it does for it him.
1: Does, if Pasca pumps a bunch of money into your state, it sure does.
0: Absolutely. It all comes back to Pasca and the oligarchs. We're gonna to get to that a little later on. And on the other side of this, I can't wait to talk about Michael Flynn with you because It's going to be interesting, they're calling for rebellion and all sorts of other things. And that's coming up in just a couple of minutes, maybe even less about a minute here on Narrative Live. We'll be right back now that summer is almost here and covid is almost gone. This may be a good time to get some things off your to do list, like maybe getting life insurance. You know, my mom is really good with finances and she's always telling me, What about life insurance? It's so important. And I can tell you that Policy Genius is a great place to get life insurance because you can compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? Well, you can save as much as 50% or more of life insurance by comparing those quotes. And you could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare those policies for you. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies. So you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. This is how it works. Getting started is really easy. First, you head to policygenius.com and in minutes you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and scheduling for you. Policy Genius never sells your information to other companies, and that means you don't have to worry about your privacy and they don't add extra fees. Policy Genius, head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. <laughs> I feel like we should actually have dancing bears or something. I don't know, something entertaining on on the screen as I'm reading those things. Because it's, yeah, it just would be better if we had dancing bears. I actually have dancing cow video, which I might be very funny, the dancing cows. I'll show them to you later on, maybe. Or one of you, or maybe you're going to dance. I don't know. So let's talk about story number four in today's countdown. It's Michael Flynn, and uh, he's calling for, not for the first time, I might add, a Myanmar-like Coup, and which is a military takeover of America. And he thinks it should happen. At least that's what he told a QAnon convention, because QAnon conventions still happen, or even happen in America. Another surprising thing of our 2021st, 2021, 2021 existence. Clearly, this guy is is advocating for something that's illegal. This is not illegal talk. This is rebellion. This is the kind of stuff you're not allowed to say. We have freedom of speech, but you're not allowed to say some things in America. And this is one of those things you're not allowed to say. You're, You're on the line there of what's legal, yet nothing's gonna be done with this guy.
1: He's already received his pardon. He's already gotten away with his back channels to Russia, with lying to the FBI, with attempting to kidnap uh, a Turkish dissident on right. the, on behalf of Erdogan. People forget about that. He was going along with a plan to capture a Turkish dis- dissident who's living in Pennsylvania. The the guy is like a rabid weasel, and he was pardoned for a reason. This is what Trump wants him to do. Oh, you know, it's no coincidence yeah. that Mike Putin. Flynn or Putin ultimately, right? Putin. You know, it's no coincidence that Mike Flynn's brother was a Involved you know, with the Pentagon and with the stand down orders on January sixth, and now here's his brother four months later, five months later at a QAnon convention, and I just I watched the documentary on QAnon. Yeah, how, do, you know, how was been that?
0: A, is this the HBO the, one?
1: Yeah, was f- f- fantastic. Yeah, fantastic.
0: Tell me about it. fantastic.
1: And terrifying. It's it's basically these two guys, you know, this father and son over in the Philippines. And they right. basically, th- there is no there there with the QAnon, but it doesn't matter. Enough people believe in this that you can see the cult-like effect it's had on Americans. And it's not going away. You know, it's like a virus that's just metastasizing. And now that it's completely in the mainstream, which is what I would call the Omni Hotel in Dallas having a big televised convention. Right. I mean, think and, about and, that.
0: Think about that. It's like in every city in America has one of those hotels. It's such a it's such a mainstream type of thing. These these are things that used to be held in private, in in hiding, in secret. Now they're talking about these conspiracies like it's some sort of a rock band that you're going to go and be a groupie of.
1: I know. And that's well said, Zev. They're making it like that. It's WrestleMania. It's entertainment. And, right. and these things, you know, if you remember CPAC a couple months ago, had a Nazi room, you know, the Nordic room symbol, which was on the SS uniforms. That's how they shaped the stage at
0: CPAC. That right. wasn't by accident. Yes, yes. That was right? a very real thing. That was not an accident at all. And don't forget, this guy is, you know, he basically helped arrange this coup on January the 6th. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he's one of the main reasons that coup happened. I'm sure he was there, I'm sure he was calling the shots. And then on top of that, he's the guy who helped create and and spread QAnon. And now here he is again, calling for something like this, calling for a Myanmar like takeover. And previously he's many times has mentioned martial law in, in, in America. This is, it's what June now, and we still have not seen any main big name arrests. We've seen 31 people indicted for conspiracy related to what happened on January the 6th, but no one in the higher ranks no Roger Stones, no Alec Jones, no Mike Flynn. No Donald Trump have been indicted at all. I worry that we're, I just worry that we're not doing enough on the, on that front and that we're already seeing the signs of people calling for an armed uprising, whether it's Matt Gates calling for an armed uprising against the tech world, against tech leaders, uh, because he feels that they're cutting off people's First Amendment rights, or whether it's this weird Mooney cult or a derivative of the Mooney cult, which is set up shop in Philadelphia and they're calling for an armed uprising too. And they're becoming like a, little militia church they've now they now house a lot of militia radicals there Um, so they have a base camp there and it's it's beginning to go from hey let's overthrow the government to we're actually arming ourselves and we're calling for people to take arms and as they go around the country with these ridiculous conferences they're spreading that message and we may be, you know, I, I hate saying things that are so negative and awful. No, we're going to see this stuff. We're going to start seeing an armed uprising. We, we just, the nature of these things are that you're going to build enough steam around this movement and it will blow at some point.
1: Absolutely. Oh, and another term for what you described is guerrilla warfare. Right. And guerrilla warfare will go a long way to serve the needs of Donald Trump. And that's what you need to fear, because his indictments, if they're coming, are going to come in the fall. So all the chatter today is about the new QAnon conspiracies that he's going to get reinstated in August. He said so
0: himself. He said himself that he's going to do it. I mean, that's ridiculous. Because
1: right because he's amping these guys up just like he amped them up for january 6th right Mm -hmm. for months beforehand or six weeks it was like get there on january 6th it's gonna be wild big things are gonna happen who's to say he's not gonna have a big rally in in august and get the same sort of chaos because it's subterfuge for him he plunges this place into chaos you can do a lot of damage and like you you mentioned that mooney thing there's another one in texas there's they got a compound a bunch of the same yeah and they they march there it's the church of the ar-15 right yeah. so they're like priests in robes and they carry ar-15s and there's a whole bunch of no, them it's, and it's just ridiculous it's ridiculous look you, you mentioned matt gates right he mm. basically called for people to rise up against silicon valley mm-hmm. right palo alto 20 minutes from san jose he said that thing the day after there was a shooting in san jose and that guy had two thousand, like something, twenty thousand rounds of ammo in his house. Now this shooter who killed eight people last week had twenty thousand rounds of ammo. It is insane. To and then you've got, got Matt pick- Gates
0: there, you know, so close to that location, right. saying to people, "Get us arm ourselves and take on the tech community." Which is, of course, another talking point that came from Roger Stone. Roger Stone has for months been talking about this idea that well, let's throw um, Zuckerberg behind bars, or let's throw all these tech giants behind bars because you know, they're going to be restricted our our freedoms I mean this is uh, you talk about these things but they actually land up going places when you've built enough steam around them uh, by the way this uh, this crazy uh, church you're talking about here's the actual quote from the The King of Kings, (laughs) the King of Kings, Reverend Hyung Jin Moon, says we must be prepared to take up arms and die for President Donald Trump against the future persecution of thought crimes by a globalist cabal. Do you understand what kind of unbelievable totalitarianism you will live under if you don't stand up against this crap? And yes, you may have to die for it. Who is this dude? Mm -hmm. He's the... Yeah, he's okay, okay, so the king of kings. He's the king. Of,
1: that's how they introduce me at comedy shows, by
0: the way. Because <laughs> oh, you are. Uh, not, it's it's this is not so you, know, you can laugh about this stuff. But he's it's got not funny. He's got people with with are like AK-47s, whatever it is, they're running around there with training for something. And then he's inciting them every day. Who's he getting his messaging from who like his oh. uncle or his dad, whoever the original Reverend Moon was. There's many suspicious thoughts about where all that thinking came from and who they really represented, Were they're a front for the Chinese, Were they're front for the North Koreans. It's hard to tell. I don't get that this guy gets, well, I shouldn't say that anyone from out of, outside of a country or who's not from that country shouldn't be able to co- comment about it. But why is he thinking all these things? And why is he so fearful of a totalitarian state when there's none of that actually appearing? Absolutely.
1: And you know, the 8chan server like, that, that QAnon speaks through is in Philippines. You know, these guys are living overseas, manipulating these people. That's and interesting. people believe it. Yeah. And people believe it. This documentary shows these people and how they buy this stuff. And that shooter in Christchurch, New Zealand, it was on 8chan he was like, here, I'm going to go in, I'm going to live stream this stuff. He was in the same messaging groups that QAnon uses. And and all these things lead back to Steve Bannon, Roger Stone, on this end of things, who knows who's who's at the top of this chain. But the messaging, it it works in concert with the MAGA branding. And I'll say one more thing, Mm. that QAnon you know convention this weekend was carried on maga tv it was live streamed and the end of the broadcast just like it says narrative live here said maga tv so it it's given an official kind of imprimatur yeah. by in the eyes of these people and they believe it Zev. They think people eat babies. They literally think people eat babies and stuff.
0: The Moonies, by the way, also run the One America Network, as we exposed here on Narrative TV, and that's their network. They, you know, they're the back-end funders of OANN, which are the number one purveyors of this conspiracy theories and yes I know they believe these things and I know that they believe that there's a gamification piece of it that people get so engaged in it they feel like they're playing a real life game like they're being real detectives and they're uncovering all these things that are just blatantly untrue and by the way you asked who might be at the top of this chain here's uh just to remind people where Michael Flynn gets his dinner with here he is with Putin this is at the uh, our Russia Today uh, conference. I think it was 2015 that he, was, that he had this dinner with. Putin to this day says he can't recall who was sitting next to him, which of course is complete BS. And, and Michael Flynn recalls having a very nice conversation with Putin. And there's a bunch of other people around him. You might remember Jill Stein was at that. He got paid a lot of money. You don't get to sit next to Vladimir Putin for dinner just by accident. It's like, oh, do you have a spare seat? Is no one sitting here? Can I sit here? It doesn't work like that. You no. get to seated there on purpose by someone who knows what they're doing because they want you to be speaking to the president of Russia, who's the all-powerful king, really, of Russia. You know, it's reasonable to expect that Michael Flynn is not only knows Putin, he's probably getting his orders from Putin. I would 100%
1: believe that. They're all getting their orders from Putin, and they're using Putin's model. You asked earlier in the broadcast, Mm -hmm. why was it appealing to these GOP guys? Why did 12 of them or 14 of them fly out to Moscow on the 4th of July? They get to see how this works. Wait, we get all Ultimate power and wealth. Yeah. And we get to pass that on and control the population to the point that nobody can challenge us politically, economically, socially, and we can tie it in with a Christian identity of white supremacy, which is very Russian and mm-hmm. very the backbone of this QAnon MAGA situation we're in now. It's,
0: it's interesting to me that along with this comes this horrible coronavirus pandemic where people are dying at different rates in different communities, obviously, and it's still a big issue that, We're still not seeing equal distribution of vaccines. And we're seeing the awful things that are going on in different parts of the world that don't seem like we're all following the same trend lines with coronavirus. The the white supremacy theme around the world, whether it's around the pandemics or it's around politics in the United States, or it's just around Russia feeling so supreme, is beginning to feel really uncomfortable. It's so, it grates me uh, the wrong way so much because it really is the end of so much democratic uh, norms. These guys feel like they can assert power wherever they are. And by these guys, these dictators who are all ruling by sort of white supremacy sort of uh, guidelines, that's all they're basically thinking about is that we are better than you. And therefore, we can rule over you. And we can subjugate you. And it's I don't know what the answer is, because I don't think we have it. But democracy isn't just going to do it no just keeping on saying hey we want we want democracy we want that old thing back may not be enough we need to be able to find a way to really change things um, to confront this big dictatorial movement that's taking over the world tonight's show is brought to you by helix sleep and they have a special offer for narrative viewers I've heard it from so many people. The one thing that's changed since January is their sleep. Not waking up worrying about what the president might have done or said or tweeted makes the world of a difference. I don't think I had a good solid night's sleep in four years. And it wasn't only the president. My 10-year-old mattress, which started life as a 12-inch foam mattress, had shrunk to an 8-inch mattress and getting out of bed was often more of a slide than a bounce. It was time for a new mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? Changing the course of a country can take a village. Changing the course of your sleep takes a quiz. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash narrative that's the way we spell narrative n-a-r-a-t-i-v that's helixsleep.com slash narrative for up to two hundred dollars off and two free pillows just for you
1: Mm -hmm. All this QAnon, all these main tropes are that the global media is anti-Semitic. We've seen a huge increase in anti-Semitic hate crimes. Where I live in New York state, they have to have have. state troopers in front of every synagogue. I drive into the city every day. Every place I pass in Riverdale has two cops and cop cars out in front of it. Can I just say one more thing about that? Another story we had this weekend was a hat seller in Nashville selling yellow stars Thinking it was cute. Oh, you know, they've tied it with the anti-vaccine. I'm not wearing a mask thing. And, and that, to me, that leads back to Putin. Because, like, how? What better way to destabilize a nation that when they're facing a once-in-a-generation pandemic? You've made at least 30 or 40 percent of the population believe they don't have to wear a mask. Oh, so to believe it's their right to not protect their fellow man. Like, we live in a country where 40-year-old men dress up like Spider-Man and go to Comic-Con right (laughs) but they wouldn't put on a mask you know what i mean but and that's taken hold. Like there's people who don't want that vaccine. There's other people who are dying to get the vaccine. Yeah. And that's warfare. That's That was all put in place by the anti-vaxxer stuff on Facebook years so. before this.
0: Prepping I think that's holding, absolutely. And you know, what we're seeing now in, in the UK, and I don't know if you've been following what's going on with COVID there, now they're going for a third wave now. Even though they have 60% of the population vaccinated already, they still have enough unvaccinated people that there's now a third wave emerging and they're really worried about these increasing numbers. They haven't seen numbers like this since April. Now, who's left in the United Kingdom that has not been vaccinated? Who's in that 40%? You can bet your bottom dollar, it's people who are, come from poorer areas or people who have less access to healthcare or less time to take off to go and get their vaccination or just less willingness. When you look at what the third wave of COVID-19 could do in, under those circumstances where 60% of the population is vaccinated, who, are the, who become the victims? To become the victims uh,
1: well absolutely and that's why the rollout wasn't the way it should be from the beginning i think because i think a calculated equation was based on who this was going to primarily affect and i think they were willing to take that gamble trump and, and his supporters but we could have a second wave here or a third wave we've oh, already yeah. had a second wave. In we're not going to get ha- herd
0: immunity we're not going to get there i mean there's just no way no. You know? and it'll be interesting the people who are anti-vaxxers if they really are not getting their vaccinations if they really are not then they might be most susceptible to it and the later which MAGA people a lot of them the the current strain the new strain i think it's called they've changed the names now but it's it's not gonna it comes from india but they've changed the name to delta or something like that it's, it's a really potent uh, COVID 19 it's much more potent than anything we've seen before so it's so important that people get their vaccinations now and that this talk around anti vaxxing and all of that gets shut down of course we're not going to get to see that because it's not the world we live in it's, it is in the back of my mind and really concerning that this is a thing that's it's still coming at us this is we're not through the coronavirus pandemic yet. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.